My name is Kate the Socialite, and you're listening to episode 42 of The Kate Show. Guys, today I have a special announcement. A lot of you may already know this, especially if you are in my Facebook group, Marketing for Home Pros. If you're not in that group, you need to get your buns over there right now. All right, so here it is. Google Plus is shutting down within the next 10 months. I know, it is something that we've all been expecting, but it's still really sad news. And if you weren't sad about it, that means you weren't using it, which means that your SEO is probably a lot lower than it could have been if you had been using it. So I'm going to talk about why Google Plus was such a huge asset, a huge benefit to business owners like you and me. I'm going to talk about what we need to do now to make sure that we don't lose our SEO. And I'm going to talk about what you can do in the future and what you can be planning for, budgeting for, and so on to make sure that you are ready to move into the new digital age. Because quite honestly, the death of Google Plus does change the landscape as far as SEO and social media. So it is a much bigger deal than you might think. But thankfully, Recuperating from this is also going to be fairly easy as long as you know what to do ahead of time. So let's dive right in. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. In the glory days of Google+, I was able to post even once a week and get on the first page of Google really quickly, really easily, never had to pay a dime. And that story is also true of so many of my clients and customers and followers. Because if you've been listening to my podcast for even a week, you've likely heard me talk about how you need to be on Google Plus and you need to be sharing your content there because it just makes sense. Google Plus is the child of Google. So whatever you post on Google Plus is basically being fed directly into the massive search engine mouth of Google. And it brought many great results to myself and my customers. But now that Google Plus is going away, we have to change our strategy. So while Google Plus has made it really easy to pinpoint niche audiences based on their interests, whether it was local, national, or international, and while Google Plus made it really easy to get noticed online, we have to look at different avenues. But I will say this, Google Plus is not immediately shutting down. It, in fact, still has about nine or 10 months more of life in it as of October 2018, which is right now as I'm recording. So if you are thinking, oh crap, I guess I'll just go delete everything off of Google Plus, don't do that. You can still get almost an entire extra year's worth of awesome SEO just by continuing to post on there and be consistent. So there's still value in it for you. And if you are like, okay, well, maybe I should get on Google Plus just to get the last little bit out of it, I would say, no, don't bother doing that. But 
here are some things that you should be doing right now in order to make sure that you can still get a huge benefit of SEO without having to pay for it. The first thing you'll need to do is set up Google Analytics for your website. If you have a WordPress site, you may already have this through a plugin. If you have a Squarespace site, it's very easy to set up. So literally go to Google, type in Google Analytics and set up your account. If you already have a Google Analytics account and you can't log in for some reason, make sure that you get access to it because Google Analytics is going to give you so much valuable information about your SEO and about what people are doing on your website. It is absolutely a necessity. The next thing you'll need to do is verify your site with the Google Search Console. So again, you can just type that into Google Search Console. That will make sure that you are set up properly within Google in the way that they would like to see your site looking. So that means you can put your site map in there and no, it is not technical, it is not that complicated. And it will make sure that you are showing up in the right places. It will also give you really valuable insights as to what words people are using to find you. And if you are looking to redo your website or you just had your website redesigned, that's going to be extremely helpful because then you can go back and change the wording if you find out that you're not ranking well for certain words. Like if you're an interior designer in Dallas, Texas, and you just really aren't ranking for those words, then you can go back and make sure that you have those words on your homepage. A great way to check your website's existing SEO is to go to websitegrader.com, put in your URL and your email address, and then it will generate a report for you. And you can keep that report. You can refer back to it. You can rerun the report once you've made some changes to your website. That way you know your website is mobile friendly, it has the correct SEO, and it loads quickly. If you have any concerns that you see on that report, you can always send it to your website designer or manager and have them address those issues for you. Another thing you can do to increase your SEO is make sure that you're staying active on at least one social media platform, whether it's Facebook or Instagram. I don't recommend that anyone in the home industry waste their time on platforms like Twitter or Snapchat just because your ideal client is likely not going to be there. So there's really no point in putting your effort or your marketing dollars towards those platforms. But if you want to invest in Instagram and or Facebook, you don't have to do both, although it is recommended, that was going to help immensely because it will actually, when someone types in your business name or your area and your services, so again, the example of interior design or home staging in Dallas, Texas, your website might come up or a recent social media post by your company might come up. Either way, you end up showing up in those search results in front of that potential lead. It's really important, guys. It's important that you stay current on at least one social platform. It doesn't mean that you have to be posting every single day, but a minimum of three times a week is ideal. Another thing you should consider for boosting SEO is blogging. Now, you don't have to become a full-time blogger, but if you were to update your blog twice a month or even just once a month, that does wonders for SEO because it tells 
Google that you are still in business because here's the crazy thing guys if you don't update your web website at least once a month Google will start to put it lower and lower in the rankings because it looks like the site has been abandoned and it looks like you're no longer in business to the algorithm and we don't want Google to think that about you so make sure that you're staying current with your portfolio that you are blogging at least once a month and if that's not doable guys you need to speak with someone about your SEO and at least make sure that the SEO of your existing site is good and the resource I mentioned earlier websitegrader.com will give you a really good idea of that but getting set up with Google Analytics and getting your site verified with Google Search Console will also give you valuable insights into whether or not your SEO is good enough I know a lot of you stress about your SEO but I don't want you to it's actually not rocket science and it's also not expensive being found on Google or any search engine just requires that you use the right keywords, but it doesn't mean that you need to do what is called keyword packing, where you repeat the same words over and over again, thinking that, well, more is more. But sometimes less is more. Sometimes it's just about being strategic. And I'm going to show you some ways that you can add extra SEO to your site just by changing some things that you're already doing and it's not going to cost you anything. It's not going to take a lot of time. So make sure that you keep a notebook handy if SEO is a big thing on your to-do list right now. Before I dive into those details, however, this is the perfect time for me to tell you guys I want to give a shout out to Squarespace, not because they're sponsoring this episode, because they're not, although hint, hint, Squarespace, I would love it. Here's the deal, guys. I have designed so many websites over the course of my four-year marketing career. And in 2018 alone, my team and I designed over 30 websites. And almost all of them were on Squarespace. And going forward, we only design websites on Squarespace. You want to know why? Because of the built-in SEO, baby. Squarespace has totally nailed the game when it comes to search engine optimization, mobile optimization, and honestly, sites that just look so darn good. I want you to understand that WordPress is becoming archaic. WordPress has so many plugins that need to constantly be updated and they're constantly breaking and they can easily take your site down, even if just temporarily. It is also difficult for you to get good SEO on a WordPress site unless you employ a professional and that is going to be a little bit more expensive. But with Squarespace, they have this, it really set up for you because as long as you fill out the business information section on the back end of the site, Squarespace will plug that information in where it needs to be in the actual coding of the website, which makes it really easy for your site to show up in Google. Now, if you're like, ooh, I want some of this, but I'm currently on Weebly or WordPress or Wix, you can switch over to Squarespace and not lose the SEO you've already gained. Because here's the deal. The SEO of each page of your website is actually found in the URL, not just in the page content. So if you were moving your about page from WordPress to Squarespace, as long as it still says yourwebsite.com forward slash about, on your old site and on the new site, you won't lose your SEO even when your old site goes away. 
I know this can be a little bit confusing, so I invite you to leave your questions and your comments on the show notes for this episode or head over to Marketing for Home Pros Facebook group because we talk about SEO, blogging, and websites quite a bit. This is such a hot topic and it needs to be because even if you're serving people only in your local area, if you do not have a good professional and strong web presence, it will negatively affect your business. But after this short sponsor break, I'm going to show you exactly what you can be doing and planning for in the future to make sure that you have awesome SEO. Hey, interior designers. How much time are you currently spending creating floor plans, furniture arrangements, or sourcing product, or creating mood boards? Well, here's the good news. You do not have to keep spending many, many precious hours of your time on these things that you could actually hand off to someone else. Now, I'm not suggesting that you hire an employee or that you add another person to your in-house team because that's not always a good fit for everyone. From a legal and tax standpoint, having an employee can be expensive and it can also be risky, which is why I am really excited to introduce you guys to my friend Brittany Elms of My Design Assistant. So Brittany specializes in virtual assistant services exactly and specifically for interior designers so that you can spend more time growing your business, your brand, and getting the publicity that you deserve without spending hours creating those mood boards or sourcing those products. Because we know these things are very important to your design process, but the good news is it doesn't all have to be done by you. So if you're ready to take your business to the next level and start outsourcing things that you don't necessarily have to have your hands in, go over to mydesignassistant.com, check out Brittany's services, her reviews, and book a time with her online. Head over to mydesignassistant.com to get started. A few months ago, I recorded an episode on this podcast about dangerous marketing myths that will hurt your business. And I'm going to link that in the show notes because if you are interested or concerned about the SEO of your website, you definitely need to hear that episode. But I'm going to give you a brief synopsis of what I talked about in that episode. You need to understand a few things about SEO before you charge ahead, hire someone, or panic. Don't panic, okay guys? There's no such thing as a marketing emergency. So SEO or search engine optimization is basically just Google's way and, you know, Bing or or Internet Explorer's way of categorizing and filing your website correctly. So if you think about your business, if you keep business files or folders, you have a certain way of organizing them. You have a method. And we have to make sure that when we are building a website or adding photos to a website, that we are following Google's filing method. And I reference Google solely because they are the behemoth of search engines. So if you are really into Internet Explorer or Bing, that's fine. That's totally cool. But remember, Google is completely the king of the search engine industry. So... We reference them, we follow their rules, their algorithm, their filing system. Google files or categorizes your business based on the words it sees coming up on your website. Now here's something you need to remember. 
Google cannot see images. All it sees is the file name of an image. So I'm going to give you a few tips on how you can add SEO to images so that Google still knows what those images are. But just keep that in mind as we go forward here, guys, because Google is super smart, but it's not a person, okay? It does not have eyes. Just because you're sharing photos on your website of your home staging projects or your interior design projects, Google doesn't know that those are images of interiors or staging projects, okay? You have to actually tell it. Google can only read words. So it will look at the keywords on your website. It will look at the basics like what area you serve or what services you offer and of course the name of your business. So you have to make sure that who you are, what you do, where you serve, and who you serve are prominent on your website. And honestly, that's helpful not just for Google and not just for SEO, but also for the real live people who are coming to your site. If people are confused about where you are or what you do, and they're not really sure if you serve them or how you serve them or what problems you solve, that is a huge indicator that your website is not serving your business as good as it could be. Fortunately, there are a few really easy things you can do to remedy this. So if you're familiar with headings, you're going to understand this right away. But for those of you who are like, what the heck is a heading? Let me explain. If you go to any website's homepage, you'll see that certain text is bigger or more prominent than other text on the page. Those are more often than not headings. So it might be an H1 or an H2. H1 is the biggest, H2 is a little smaller, and H3 is even smaller. And then you have like regular body text that you would use for say your about page and your bio or something. H1 is read first by Google and then H2, so heading one and heading two. It's important that you use these places of your website and they can appear on every page, multiple places on a page to put in the keywords that you want to rank high for. So if you are a window treatment workroom in New York City, you'll want to make sure that you have that highlighted. This is why when people go to any website my team or I have created, they immediately see who the company is, who they serve, how they serve, and where they serve, because those things are all in bigger, bolder text. Now, that does not mean that all the text on every page is large, because that would just look ridiculous, but it does mean that we pull out certain phrases. For example, on a site that we are about to launch for a client, this is what my team and I wrote as a very first verbiage that Google and a regular human being would see when they look at the site. It says, hello dream home and adios overwhelm, serving Lodi, Stockton, Linden, and Valley Springs, California. That is the first bunch of text. Now. The H1 heading was Hello Dream Home because Dream Home is something that we want to rank for, but then it is also followed up with a specific area. Now, the verbiage continues to further define who this particular interior designer wants to serve. 
because the next thing we say is respect the budget and refine the idea. If you're faced with a new project, be it a remodel, a new build, or a room-by-room -room makeover, you've already noticed something. Design is intimidating. If you want to stay within budget without looking like you are operating under a budget, you aren't sure what your style is or if you even have a style, we'll bet all these decisions are making you sweat. Okay, so this accomplishes quite a few different things at once. First of all, it talks about the specific services after already mentioning the location. So remodel, new build, room by room makeover, budget, all of these things involving an interior design project. And this aligns with this particular client's ideal client. So not every client is motivated by budget and not every designer wants to work with a client who is motivated by budget, but this particular client did want to work with this type of person. So that is why we started targeting them right away, but we also did it in a way that was conversational and fun to read because you don't want someone to get to your website and then immediately hear all about you. You need to make sure that they are reading about their problems and about how you can solve them. This takes SEO one step further because it becomes easily readable. And that is something that Google also looks for. It doesn't want a bunch of bland, boring, or non-specific text. You need to show up in a conversational tone as a real person. The introductory text on this particular website ends with this paragraph. Our goal is to help you take your home from basic to beautiful, even if you feel bewildered or if you've never hired a designer before. From high-end homes to family-oriented havens, we believe your space is capable of great style and we'll help you develop it. We'll take away the stress, worry, and decision overload that comes with every project and guide you easily through the process from initial concept to final installation. Verbiage like this uses keywords naturally. Since we've already established the location that this interior designer wants to serve, we're really just honing in now on who they want to serve and how they serve them. So if you start describing your ideal client, it makes it easier for them to recognize themselves and it makes it easier for you to show up in search results for the people who would be most likely to hire you. You don't want to show up on the first page of Google just for the heck of it. You want to show up on the first page of Google when there is someone who is legitimately interested in hiring you because that is when you get the most return on your SEO investment. Now, I mentioned earlier that I was going to give you a few tips on how you can add extra SEO to the images you upload to your website. If you are a home stager, a workroom, or an interior designer, chances are you are updating your portfolio every other month. At least, you'd better be. So when you are sending those photos to your website designer for them to upload or when you're uploading them yourself, there are a few things you need to make sure happen before they're uploaded. First of all, you need to compress the file sizes. So if you got a professional photo shoot done, which again, I hope you have, 
those file images are really going to be huge unless your photographer has optimized them for websites. So either ask them to do that for you or go through and compress the images. And I'm going to link one of my favorite online compressing tools in the show notes of this episode. That way you guys can do it yourself. It doesn't cost you anything. It just takes a few minutes. The next thing you'll need to do is name each photo accordingly. So if you just designed a farmhouse kitchen, you would name that file and every file for that particular project something like farmhouse kitchen remodel valley springs california or wherever it was located because that is telling google this is what the picture is about and this is where it is that way when people are searching for kitchen remodeling in valley springs california that image will show up and we all know that an image is worth a thousand words and it is definitely going to help google if Google knows what that image is. The same is true when you're adding images to your blog post. You need to make sure each image is named accordingly. So after you've made sure that your blog post title is SEO friendly, and I will link a tool for that, you know, for um, analyzing your headlines, then you need to make sure that each image you upload is described accordingly. So if you have a featured image or a thumbnail image, it would likely just be named the same title as your blog post because your blog post title should be optimized. And you could also include something like home staging tips or examples of bad home staging or things that people are searching for. And if you have Google Analytics or Google Search Console set up, you can look at certain keywords that are trending or that you want to rank for. And if you want to rank for a particular keyword, all you have to do is start using that keyword. It's definitely not rocket science. And along with that, I need to give you all a word of caution. And this is something that I talked about in my other episode about different marketing myths that could hurt your business. Again, I will link that in the show notes. But here's a synopsis of that warning. If anyone tries to charge you hundreds of dollars a month for SEO, proceed with caution. Because unless that SEO company is managing social media for you and or blogging for you, all they're actually doing is monitoring keywords. And that's something that you can get done for free just by using Google Analytics. So if there's a company out there who's charging you three to $500 a month just to send you a report every month of a list of keywords and where you rank for them, you don't need that. And I say this because I have dealt with so many different clients over the years who come to me saying, here is my SEO report. I'm not sure how this is benefiting me, but I've been paying them hundreds of dollars every month and I'm in a contract. I can't get out of it. Is this even helpful? And unfortunately, I have to tell them it's not doing anything for your website. It's just information. And you can get this information completely free of charge with Google Analytics. All right. So if there is a good SEO company out there, they will be either posting blogs for you or posting on social media for you, because that is where your SEO comes from, aside from the initial design of your site. 
Okay, guys, I know this has been an information-packed episode, and I know that a lot of you will end up messaging me saying, hey, can you help me with the SEO of my website? Unfortunately, I have limited bandwidth, and so does my team, which is why I'm giving you all the resources to do this yourself or take it to someone else who can do this for you. So please look at the show notes of this episode for all the resources that I have mentioned. Sure, Google Plus is shutting down, but your SEO could just be getting started, and I'm really excited for how this change in the SEO landscape is going to affect your business. Sometimes it takes a big change like this to wake people up and make them be like, oh, I guess I should do something about this. Maybe my business needs to be found online a little bit more. Maybe there's something else that I can do. And yes, there definitely is. But it's not something that you need to freak out about. And it's not something that you should spend a lot of money on because it's simply not necessary. So guys, if you have any questions about this episode, please head over to Marketing for Home Pros the Facebook group. I am there every single weekday and I'm ready to answer your questions about SEO. And I also do Facebook live videos. So if you've got a question, I may just answer it live. Thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, keep your marketing simple, please, for the love of all that is good and keep your message clear. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.